and welcome back to another episode of Casual Conversations. So today, my wife is back with me, so Aaron's back. Uh, Kelsey has some college things that she's still trying to conquer. If you guys, if you've been to college, you remember what those days were like, and I don't want to relive them. And so as she walks through those things, hopefully next week she'll be back joining us for another conversation. But me and my wife had... um been talking about something that we had kind of come across, an idea that we had kind of thought through. And so we thought it'd be a great conversation. So I'll let my wife kind of fill in the details and paint a picture for where we're headed. Okay. So this um, idea actually came up from us doing some premarital counseling. And um, it's just basically like just giving a little tips um, a little bit of help before somebody gets married. And um, we were doing it together so that um, we've just done it together basically in the past so that the couple that we're helping or talking to can benefit from um, a couple's voice, I guess, instead of just um, just one voice. So we try to do it together because it's a little bit more like couple-oriented. and A balance. Yeah, exactly. So while we were doing that, we decided to um, uh, pick a book. So Aaron picked a book. That we worked through, like we all read it, and then the couple that we were talking to read it. And that book was Tying the Knot, A Premarital Guide to Strong and Lasting Marriage. So, for all those of you who are at this point thinking, I'm not getting married, this isn't for me. Um, yes, this is a book for premarital counseling, but honestly, the um, idea that, that we're um, talking about is something that can apply to anyone in any relationship. Um, but as we were going through, we just found something in the, in the book that we went through that we thought, um, was extremely wise and offered a lot of, um, like, I guess just a thought that we hadn't really quite put into words the same way. And it, we thought it was very helpful to us. And so hopefully we think it would be helpful to any relationship. So you want to tell them, uh, what the passage from the book said? Yeah. Um, so it articulated something and I'm going to read it. Um, but I want you, I know it's harder to read because if we were, had a PowerPoint screen or something, we could put this up there, but just uh, kind of focus in on me. It says, if your definition of love is little more than the warm fuzzies, physical attraction, and the ability to have fun together, your relationship may demonstrate not how much you love the other person, but how much you each love yourself. What you have found is the person who helps you love you better than anyone else has. That is a sobering and scary thought. So let me read this part one more time, the end of it. What you have found is the person who helps you love you better than anyone else has. And we both, when we read that, uh, both of that separate times, kind of came to this light bulb moment in this chapter that we both came in like, what was your thought about that chapter? And we both jumped at this idea of like a relationship that helps you love you better and how dangerous that is. And so when we start thinking about this, what are, what are other relationships? Like we were talking about the dating relationship. It could definitely work for the dating relationship, the engaged marriage, but what other relationships? Yeah. Cause I mean, as you said, um, it's written for people who are engaged, but we, as people who have been married for 16 years, and I think people who've been married for longer times or shorter times, it was very helpful for us, but I think it's also helpful, um, uh, just for um, people who are dating or if you want to be dating, what you're looking for in somebody um, from any age or even just like your friendships um, that you have, just like with whatever, you know, um, not even necessarily opposite gender friends, but just any friends that you have. A lot of times when we go into our friendships, it's because they make us feel better about ourselves or they make us love ourselves more when we're 
around them. And I mean, of course, this is not like a bad thing to enjoy yourself around yeah. someone or whatever like that. That's not what we're saying. It's just one of those things where it's like that's pretty much the main um the main thing of the relationship or why you stay in the relationship. Yeah, and our society is kind of pushing this idea, right, that every relationship, pretty much if you're not getting anything out of it, you need to get out of it. And so when we start looking at only having relationships to help you love you better is a dangerous place to be, even if it's like we take it out of the romantic relationship and put it as two high schoolers who go to school together, people who play on the same sports team. If the only reason that you will need people around you because they help you love you, then that is a problem. And so when you start going through, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, and aren't we just watching that happen in 2020? Um, if though if that's all you have as the foundation of your relationship, if it's not deeper than that, and of course some people have that and they also have deeper, but if that's all you have, then when that person stops making you feel so great about yourself, it's time to drop them or yeah. cut them off. And aren't we just watching that happen Pretty much everywhere during 2020 because, I mean, a lot of people are disagreeing or being divisive or whatever. And so it's like, well, you're no longer making me feel good about myself. So you're right. gone. Yeah. And I mean, and we love to believe, right, there's this high school love, right, that we kind of joke about sometimes. We get to watch it firsthand as people who work with teenagers. <laughs> yes. There's this high school love that you kind of see people. And this love is definitely characterized. And I'm not so... High school folks, I understand there are people who have had high school relationships and they're high school sweethearts and they got married and had wonderful long relationships. I understand that. But a lot of times, uh, the majority of the time, these relationships are characterized by I want someone who loves me. They fill a need. They fill a niche. or They, they like the idea of the relationship more than the actual person they're in the relationship with exactly. sometimes. Sometimes it can be I have my AirPods, my iPhone, and my, my boyfriend or girlfriend. <laughs> like it's almost like a status symbol. And these are not – these are unhealthy, okay? So they're immature and unhealthy relationships because, once again, if I have a relationship where uh, – I only want people to help me love me, then that's a dangerous spot to be. But then we go, even as you get into adulthood, we love to say it changes, but it and really it, doesn't. It, it, it can get better. It can improve. It can. But it can also stay just at that point of, um, I guess, just immaturity. And not like all like everything that teenagers do are immaturity, but that kind of relationship is immature. And it's just like, it can stay right there. Yeah. You think and about it, people like on the work uh, church, like, yeah, it just kind of keeps staying there. Go ahead. I was going to say, it could also, like, you could have a relationship that starts there. Oh, I like being around this person. They make me feel good. And then it can develop into something deeper as well. It doesn't have to stay stay there yeah and i would say if it stays there that's definitely that's, right. a, that's yeah. definitely a problem and so we start thinking about how it relates to not just a dating relationship so if you're wa- listening to this about to say watching <laughs> if you're listening to this um don't turn us off or like turn it off because we think oh well i'm not a dating relationship i don't have a romantic this is any relationship that's i mean parent kid relationship mm-hmm. anything like, well, have like you ever you're seen? saying with the church yeah with church have you ever heard someone talk about the church and they kind of want a church that makes them love them, like to tell them how awesome they are. And then when the church is no Meet longer all meeting all their needs, it's like, oh, well, it's time to find a new church. So this is kind of a thing that it kind of goes every. It's every, kind of a part of American culture. Yeah, exactly. We're kind of pushed this way. And so when we start thinking through the relationship it applies to, we have to kind of think through some of the misconceptions of love society, right? Because society does kind of push this thing that if I love someone, genuine 
or I'm putting in quotes that you can't see. Genuine love is that they accept me for everything. They do everything for me. They have all, we have this bad um, definition of love. Like it's kind not, of selfish love. Yeah, it's selfish, it's unhealthy. And this is one of the things that the book kind of brought to us. And so I guess that kind of leads us into what does biblical love look like? Uh, what is biblical love when we think through this? If we do really genuinely love someone in a dating relationship, like because we're thinking about getting married to them, what does it look like when it's my best friend. best friend exactly that I've had forever that we talk all the time? What does this look like in the church? Like, what does a genuine love look like? When we start thinking, do you want to throw anything out there as we think through it? What genuine um, love looks like? What genuine love looks like? Um, well, of course we know. I mean, anybody who's ever been to church knows that Jesus is supposed to be our greatest example. So, of course, that uh, that is our greatest example. And I um, I say, oh, of course you know this. But I don't necessarily mean it tritely, even though that is kind of the Sunday school answer. Like, Jesus is definitely our role model. And we're not all going to, you know, be quite there yet. But that's the goal. Yeah. And when we start looking at even Jesus' love and even just love in the Word of God, the people who love Jesus, the people Jesus loved, the people that loved others. There's just something to love. And I don't say love is a sacrifice, but love... At times it is. Yeah, love is sacrificial. It's a devotion that's put to people and given to people, sometimes even when they don't deserve it. And so this is totally different than our societal, hey, I've got the warm fuzzies, or um, and I'm not making fun of romantic comedies, but the rom-com of I'm just going to feel a certain way. This, and this is and a, you know within like... 36 hours. <laughs> exactly. Like I have to kiss them and my foot pops up or whatever that uh, uh, movie was. But when we start um, thinking through these things, like genuine love usually requires something of me. And so let's again kind of apply it to our different uh, relationships. Whether you have the dating relationship that's moving towards marriage. If a dating relationship is moving towards marriage, there should be some kind of devotion and sacrificial love. We're going to choose to love someone even when they're not lovable. <laughs> like even when one of the things that my wife can tell you that in 16 years of marriage, that there are moments and probably a lot more than I even want to discuss or I even know on this podcast that I am unlovable. But she decides by true biblical love to love me anyway. And when we start walking through this, this is what all the relationships may look like. I mean, if this isn't sibling relationships. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Brothers and sisters or brothers and brothers, sisters and sisters. Exactly. Um, but when we, we, me and my wife were talking a little earlier about this and we were thinking through 1 Corinthians 13. And when you start going through 1 Corinthians 13, kind of love, a love that um, suffers long, that's patient. Because uh, when we start thinking about patience, a love that is patient, we one of the, we were joking earlier about those high school relationships that, um, and I'm not even talking about dating relationships. I'm just talking about high school relationships in general that we have little patience with other people. And this happens in college. You get a roommate, <laughs> yeah. you lose and, patience. And sometimes even in those relationships, it's like, well, you know, you're my current friend or person or whatever, but I've got ideas for backups. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, genuine kindness. Like charity envieth not. It's um, this love does not is not jealous about every single thing that comes up. Are you happy for other success or what? You know any kind of envy. Yeah, exactly. And so when you go through, if vomits is not itself, is not puffed up. It's not proud and trying arrogant, always trying to one up somebody. It's like, oh man, they did this. I'm gonna do this better. Or always trying to compete. Uh, it doesn't behave itself 
unseemly. It doesn't behave itself inappropriately at inappropriate times. Like even this, this can happen even in a dating relationship. There are moments where, you know what? This relationship has to stop at a certain point because true love does not behave inappropriately. Like it keeps boundaries and it holds them. A man is a gentleman. A young lady is a lady. Like when we start thinking through these relationship things and even outside of same gender relationships, when we start thinking about two guys hanging out and maybe there's some times where this friendship pushes us to not behave inappropriately. <laughs> like we behave appropriately for the situation. So when we think it's seek it's not a room, it's not always chasing after. And this is what this whole quote is about, right? <laughs> our our whole idea is about for this episode is that it does not seek its own. Love does not seek its own. It's not easily provoked. Think it's no evil. It's not always uh, thinking through all the bad things someone has. Keeping account of all those things. Rejoice is not iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears things, believes things, hopes things, endures all things. When we start about talking about this kind of love, it's way different than the society's mm-hmm. love that society's kind of pushing on us. And so, not being easily provoked is not quite a warm, fuzzy feeling. Exactly. <laughs> when uh, when again, people you're offended and you just get over it, that's not a warm, fuzzy. Yeah. yeah, and you have to forgive part of it. And this is this is really once again, anytime you put two people together. Whether you're talking about married, or you're talking about just friends, whether you're talking about they work together, they go to church together, this is the genuine love, and this is not the word love, or let's say this is the not definition. the definition of love that society uses today. And I think that's why this quote jumped off the page with us, because me and Aaron both thought, I mean, I don't want to speak for her, but in my own life, I could see these things in my interpersonal relationships going through high school, that there were certain people that I was friends with them. Because they helped me love me. <laughs> like, I wasn't because I was genuinely friends with them. Or I, we could easily walk through times where, and even maybe in dating relationship, where it wasn't where it was, should have been. And it was like, man, I'm in this relationship because this relationship helps me love me. Yeah, or or like that person's um, status looks good for me or, you know, whatever. Just it benefits you in some way. Yeah. And so as we start thinking, the, me and my wife have both thought when we had read this quote and uh when when we were talking about conversations to have Aaron was like I think this is a good conversation to have and I I totally 100% agree because I do believe that if we end up with this idea that everybody around me has to help me love me then I'm in a dangerous spot I'm in a really dangerous spot I think it's definitely a very biblical concept and I think um, if you've grown up in church, you probably heard that concept a lot. But the way he worded it was just um, like a, just a different way to where it was really unique and um, something that you could just remember very easily. And so it kind of just um, put into words the whole thought in a very succinct way that was kind of catchy. And it's just like, oh, yeah, can't we see that in our relationship? It's like we think, oh, how much I love this other person, but really you're just found the person that helps you love yourself more than anyone else has done so far. Yeah. And so as we close up the final thoughts on this episode, um, I want to read it one more time. Okay. Cause if you haven't seen it or you haven't been able to put your eyes on it, just maybe you're driving down the road or whatever. I want to read it one more time to kind of let it sink in. So if your definition of love is little more than the warm fuzzies, physical attraction and the ability to have fun together, your relationship may demonstrate not how much you love the other person, but how much each of you love yourself. What you have found is a person who helps you love you better than anyone else has. That is a sobering and scary thought. So when we start thinking through this, I want us to kind of 
thing through, whatever, whatever stage you're in, in, in life, right? So whether maybe you're listening to sometimes young adults were listen to us. If you're walking into a dating relationship, think through these things. Think through a biblical definition of love, not society's kind of one that they've given to you. If you're in a regular friendship relationship, hey, think through how you can help someone else. If you're in the church, love the church. Don't expect the church to give you and to be everything for you. Jesus is everything for you in any relationship. So as we kind of close these things out, do you have any other thoughts, Erin? Um, I was going to say just if you are in a relationship where this is the... um the way you find yourself, basically. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to cut off that relationship. It's just that you can start to grow and mature and change your behavior. And, um, I mean, and maybe it is a relationship that you would have to cut off, but not necessarily. I mean, especially if you're like, um, we are where you're talking about your spouse and you're married. Can't cut that relationship yeah. off. Nope. Not a good idea. <laughs> Gotta so, mature through it. <laughs> so yeah, it's time to grow through it. I mean, you, you may see a relationship where you're like, you know what? I'm totally in this for my myself, and there's this is not, this is just not good. Okay, there that may happen, but for the most part, it's more just being aware of this and then working to change or um, grow through. We're all imperfect people, and so I think an aspect of this is pretty much always going to be with us, um, but just trying to mature past it and grow past it like more um, and more as time goes, and just getting better at it or like growing. To where it's not such a selfish thing all the time. So not that it has to be perfect because we may not get there, but just that act of maturing. Yeah. So we'll close today with another episode of Cabbage Conversations. I've enjoyed this conversation. So thanks, Erin, for jumping in in Kelsey's absence. And hopefully Kelsey will be back. She can um, get on top of that mound of work that's uh, overwhelming her in these college years. Again, if you've been through college, you know there are seasons where things get a little... Uh, hectic. So she's walking through midterms and some other things. So thanks you for joining us, staying faithful. And if we can be a help to you, let us know, hey, if you have thoughts, if you have thoughts about this quote, this idea that we've talked about, about loving, helping, making sure you don't love others, man, I'm going to mess this up. So I should just read it. Helps you love you better than anyone else. Go to amberg.com slash casual conversations. Leave us a comment. Uh, kind of let us know what you're thinking through as uh, the conversation we just had. And so hopefully next week, we'll join you again with another casual conversation.